Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Rubbing Shoulders podcast with me, your host, Evan Quinones. Thank you so much for joining me. This is episode five. I can't believe we've made it to five episodes. I feel so proud. Um, And yeah, if you haven't been enjoying this show so far, these all of these episodes and these amazing guests that I've had on, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. Please hit that like button and ring that notification bell so that you don't miss a single upload and leave a comment about what you've enjoyed about this show so far, what you enjoy about a particular episode, or maybe you want to give your thoughts on a subject that I've discussed with my guests. It's up to you. All of it is up to you, but please subscribe and like and share. Please share also share because that's important as well. Share with all your friends and family because we want this community to grow. We want to inspire more people with these amazing stories that my guests tell and um, let's just keep growing. Let's keep let's keep going and let's keep growing because, you know, amazing things are in store for sure um like today's episode uh we have our first male i know our first four episodes were female and they were amazing i i couldn't have asked for a better first four female guests um (laughs) but we finally have our first male the always hilarious always entertaining Hank Chen, actor and comedian Hank Chen. You may know him from Life Size 2. Remember that movie with Tyra Banks where she played a doll that comes to life? The original being with Lindsay Lohan. He was in the second one that came out 2018, I wanna say. Um, And he was super funny in that. He's also guest starred on a few shows like Lopez, um, Baby Daddy, and he's just so much fun. And so he's just a great person. And um, I had a great time speaking with him about his life and um, getting to know him. Um, I had actually had interviewed him, uh, I wanna say five years ago, again, <laughs> another, one, another one of my guests that I've already had uh, interviewed before for an internship that agreed to um, come onto my show and support me and support this new project of mine. So again, ha- um, to Hank, he's amazing. And I am so grateful that he agreed to have me interview him for the show, um, but, we had such a great conversation that it actually lasted almost an hour and a half. So I don't want to get, I don't want to take up too much time with this intro, but I figured I'd do something different and I will answer some questions that I had posted to my social media. Um, and um, I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be fun to answer some questions and, and, um, and about myself or about um, the show or, you know, whatever you know i'm open to whatever as long as people are respectful that's that's all that matters right um so yeah so first question i got um on instagram was what's your motivation to keeping a happy life um my motivation to keeping a happy life i guess just um doing what you love doing what you're passionate about um that's what makes me happy like you know for example like fitness um and nutrition um those are two big passions of mine not only because it's important for my health but also it just it it, um it's a it's a great um therapeutic method for me i love working out i love putting up um breaking a sweat i love um taking out my energy at a gym and lifting and it's it's there like i said it's therapeutic for me um so it, it it helps a lot not only my physical body but also my my mental health as well and um and now with this podcast um it's a passion project and i've 
been saying it for like two years that I wanted to start it and here we are. Um, and I have been enjoying every single um, journey, every single part of this journey, this new journey. And I think specifically with me with this podcast, I think it's important for me to um, enjoy the process rather than enjoy, rather than try to make it successful in terms of numbers and things of that nature. Like I, I, I enjoy, to be honest with you, I don't watch the episode when I upload it or when I, when I upload it to either um, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or when I upload it to YouTube because I've already edited it and I've already put it out, you know, I've already uploaded it so I know what it is. But I, I like the process that goes into the show rather than the, the end result, if that makes sense. Like I love researching guests. I love booking the guests. I love interviewing and coming up with topics and questions for the guests. I love editing the episode, even though it's it's very minimal editing um, because I want, it to, I want to keep it as real and authentic as possible. But um, yeah, I just love the whole process and uh, rather than the end result, because once it's once it's uploaded and once it's out there, it's it's off my hands, it's out of my hands and it's up to the how the audience and how you guys um, respond to it and how you connect with it. So that's that's I guess yeah just finding what what you're passionate about and keep it going and don't lose that motivation to like keep going I guess you know so um, I guess yeah that that's what keeps me motivated to have a happy life just do what you love you know and and who cares what anyone else says if you love whatever it is whatever it is do it because it's it's what it's what's gonna keep you happy you know um i got three questions well i guess topics from somebody and they're all kind of related and this person said finding love getting over a breakup dating red flags in gay relationships <laughs> um finding love um it's not easy finding love is not easy but i think it's very it's worth it when it happens um so i i guess my advice is to not give up um don't close yourself off to the idea of finding love um and just try to keep an open mind like don't have i mean it's good to have standards but don't make them unrealistically high or just unrealistic in general um because you're gonna set yourself up for disappointment um so just go into dating with an open mind and um yeah i think that's probably the most important thing when it comes to finding love um getting over a breakup getting over a breakup um i think it's i, I guess you're asking how to get over a breakup um i think just it's okay to cry it's okay to dwell over the breakup i mean technically it's a loss like the relationship is is over you have to grieve obviously it's it's good to grieve the end of a relationship especially if it's, if it's one that was really important to you and that you put a lot of energy into it um it's okay to grieve it's okay to cry but don't make it a permanent thing like um focus on you focus on what you love to do focus on what makes you happy nurture any talents that you have nurture your creative mind um do whatever it is that that is therapeutic to you like i said whether it's working out whether it's writing whether it's um creating something just find what what's therapeutic to you and 
and stick with it and keep doing it because I think it's gonna take your mind off of um, that that pain that you're feeling uh, because of the relationship ending. So that's my advice on that. Dating red flags in gay relationships um, or just relationships in general, like does it have to be gay? <laughs> um, let's see, red flags? I don't know. I mean, obviously everybody has their own red flags. Like everybody, everybody has different red flags like that are deal breakers, right? Um, I don't know, like it's just whatever you consider a red flag or what you consider a deal breaker, like I guess that's, you know, don't don't pursue something that you feel in your gut or in your in your um don't don't pursue something that goes against your morals and your values. Um and yeah, I guess that's it. I I don't know how to how to answer this question. Um yeah, I guess that that's pretty much it. I don't know. Everyone's different when it comes to like what's a red flag for this person may not be a red flag for another person. Like everybody has their own definition of what a red flag is. Like some people are okay with open relationships and some people aren't. Like um it's it's that's what makes us unique is we're all we all have a different um um definition of what a relationship is, right? So I guess find out or determine what is a red flag to you and then avoid the people that bring up those red flags. <laughs> um, someone said, would you rather live without music or live without the internet? I would rather live without the internet because the internet can be very toxic. The internet can be very drama filled and who has time for that? Um, I, I don't think I could ever live without music because I love music. Um, I, I wouldn't consider myself a singer, but I sing. Um, and I, I don't know what I would do if I, if that didn't exist. Um, so hands down, I would live without the internet, even though I'm pursuing this right now, this podcast, um, <laughs> I would not trade it for, I, I, I would trade it for having music for the rest of my life. If it means losing the internet. And um, someone asked, how do you come up with your episode titles? Um, so yeah, so when you go to, um, like if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, they have different titles than what you see on the YouTube video. But in, in the thumbnail of the YouTube video, you do see the title of the, um, of the episode. That's the same title as the audio version, and I basically just put quotes. They're quotes that my guests have said during the interview that I think are either funny or um, insightful, inspirational. Um, yeah, it's just a, a quote that they have said during conversation that I think was like, wow, this, this would make a good title, you know? Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. That's, that, that's pretty much how I come up with the titles of each episode. Um, and then I guess the last one, yeah, last one says, I remember you were on the keto diet. Are you still doing that? So, um, yeah, I mentioned in the episode with Chelsea Bishop, the, um, keto diet influence influencer, um, that I did do keto when I first started my weight loss journey. And it was beneficial in the beginning to lose the weight, to lose first the water weight and then the weight from just fat alone. Um, and then it was, and it, it wasn't, at first it wasn't hard because I, a lot of foods that I enjoy eating are considered keto, like meats and cheese and all of these things that I grew up already eating, um, that I already eat on a regular basis. 
are considered keto. The only things that weren't were like sugar and bread and pasta and potatoes and things of that nature. Um, so it got a little um, difficult to sustain that for me personally. Um, and also after I lost a significant amount of weight just by walking alone and changing my eating habits, obviously, I joined the gym and I realized that introducing carbs back into my diet um, really helps with um, my workouts and, and being able to sustain a longer workout or a more intense workout because carbs are your body's first energy source or its preferred energy source. And so I use carbs not only for fuel for my workouts, but also because I love carbs. I love potatoes. I love pasta. I love all these things, bread, um, bagels. I love all of these things that, um, you know, that are considered non-keto, you know? So um, I introduced them back into my diet. The thing is that you have to introduce, if you're doing keto and you wanna get off keto, you have to start introducing it slowly. You have to start introducing carbs back into your diet slowly because what happens is if you introduce it, if you introduce carbs back quickly and, and, and just a lot over consuming carbs, you will gain the weight back and probably even more than what you had initially lost. So I would just start introducing carbs very slowly each day for one meal only, and then kind of increase it as the weeks go by. Um, so now I, I eat carbs every day. I probably have about 300 grams of carbs a day. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it hasn't really affected anything um, in terms of my weight or my um, health. So, um, but for some people, keto is permanent and it, they, they have chosen to do that and to eat the way, eat that way for the rest of their life. And that works for them. Whatever works for you, stick to it because what works for you may not work for any, for me and what works for me may not work for you. So, um, like with Chelsea, I asked her if she's going to continue keto for the rest of her life. And she said, most likely, like she sees herself continuing to eat keto, um, for the rest of her life. And if that works for her, who am I to say, no, that you shouldn't be doing that. You know what I mean? Um, it's just like fitness. What works, what kind of, what workouts, what exercises work for me may not work for you. And what exercises work for you may not work for me. So um, yeah, it's just really finding out what work, what works because everybody's different. Everybody's body responds to food differently. So for some people, keto will be beneficial. And for others, it may not be the most sustainable choice, you know? So um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, well, so thank you for the questions. Those were very interesting. Maybe we can do it again. And, um, but I don't want to take up any more time because this interview with Hank was lengthy. Not that I'm complaining because I loved every minute of it, but, um, yeah, let's just get to Hank without further ado, actor, comedian, all around great guy, the very hilarious Hank Chen. So yeah, I, I definitely, it was my fault. I should have been more clear about like the time zones and whatnot. I don't, you know what? I just assumed I didn't even look to see if you had written anything down. So I'm sorry about that. Um, no, it's fine. So you, but yes, do you, do you like my 917 still, right? I still got yes. my, 9, my yes. 917. Once you still. got it, you don't let it go. Right, exactly. <laughs> Those numbers are hard to get, 917s. I still have my 917. Everybody has like three, four, like six, four, six or whatever. No, yeah. no, trash, trash. <laughs> <laughs> Not zip codes, trash area codes. Area codes. <laughs> so nope. how's your how's your week been? 
the week's been good. I mean, what are we on Tuesday? So Tuesday. it's slowly starting. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, the, I, I have more things planned for later in the week. So okay. it's off Perfect. to a, it's off, off to a nice start. But today was yeah. like a nice day of like, you know, like catching up with, I, I just got back from in from out of town from a couple okay. of like, like just a little, little over a week and a half ago, I just got back in from out of town. So today has been kind of like catching up with some of those people that are like, are you back in town? I'm like, yes, I am back in town. Yeah, Nice. Yeah. So yeah, it's been yeah, a slow how- week for me too. Yeah. Slow week for me too. I, I work in, my day job is in healthcare. So when it's slow, you'll know that eventually it'll pick up and it's going to get crazy. So I'm ready for, I'm preparing for that. People getting sick, people dying, people yeah, need help. Yeah, uh, oh my gosh, yeah. Thankfully, I don't work in pa- like direct patient care. I'm more like behind the scenes kind of thing. So, but still, it's, it can still get crazy. So, <laughs> I'll bet. Yeah. What? Uh, what are you? Tell me about what you're doing with journalism. Are you still? Are, like reporting and writing pieces and interviewing people. So aside I, from like what you're doing with your podcast. No, so I stopped doing the internship uh, about a year or two ago. Um, I was like, it's time for me to like try to move on, like not move on, but like get something that because it was unpaid. And mm-hmm. I kept trying to try to get into something that was paid and hey. a little more. Yeah, obviously. And so and no one really took a chance. I mean, so that was the whole purpose behind this podcast was like, I wanted to make it happen for myself. I made all these connections when I did those internships. So I'm like, okay, why not take advantage and reach out to people that I may have talked to before, like yourself and Brilliant. basically do it on my own, you know, and see what happens. Yeah. Why not? I think that's so smart. Exactly. And it's like, right now it's just a passion project. And if it goes, if it blows up and something happens, then I'm open to it, but like obviously, it's just a passion project right now. So, well, it's great that you're get, you're getting it out there. I mean, uh, and also you're getting your podcast listed on all of like the regular form, or all, right. all of the regular platforms, right? Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good. YouTube, so it's like searchable. So. Like things will like people like so that way if you get like a big guest, like people that are searching for that person's name they might yeah. see your podcast pop up in the search right exactly yep yep exactly so that's that's definitely uh the, the plan <laughs> good the yeah for that's sure smart but i wanted to obviously reach back out to you and talk to you again because that was like i don't even know how many years ago like three four years ago since it was no pretty- it was five years ago it was five years ago 18 which wow. is wild crazy I had just graduated, I think, or I was graduating from college. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So that was that was a crazy time. <laughs> yeah. Well, your early to mid twenties are going to be a wild time. There's so yeah. much growth. Yeah. There's so much adventure. There's so much exactly. learning. Yeah. And I think I've gotten better with like my own style of interviewing and whatnot. And I, I just prefer like the more, I guess, face-to-face, I guess you can call this, it's, it's just more personable. And I feel yes. like it's, yeah, I, I, I don't really like the whole Q&A thing because I like to bounce off of what the person is saying and ask follow-up questions and whatnot, so. Q&A means like there's a list of prepared questions. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I mean, I have, okay. I, have, I have like topics like planned out, but I don't actually have like questions listed out verbatim. I you know? see. I see. So good. Yeah, I like it too. It's more free flowing. It's yeah. it's a little bit like like a like a good like late night talk show segment where it's just a conversation that you feel like you're eavesdropping off of. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So um, 
So yeah, you wanna let's get started with with you and, yeah, and, and your totally. life. So born in Silver Spring, Maryland, right? If I remember yes. correctly. <laughs> yes. So Spring, tell Maryland. me, yeah, tell me about your your earliest childhood memories of like a typical. What was a typical day for you back in Silver Spring? You know, you know, it's really weird. My earliest memories, I actually remember getting. I remember being changed, like getting my diaper changed. So that's okay. how I know wow. it's early. Yeah, because you know why? I remember the wet wipes being very cold <laughs> on my butt. Right. Like that's I feel like that's a probably for an infant, that's probably maybe like a traumatic experience. Yeah. Like oh like, like the what, body remembers. Uh, yeah. yeah. The body remembers. So I don't know if that's a little bit gross, but no. that's those are some I mean, it's a little bit weird, but those are like some early memories. I remember that. I remember I think I remember the first time I got like sent to the corner for like straight up like lying to my parents. Okay. Um, I think I was a toddler and I think like I told my oh God, I don't remember what it was over, but I think I told my mom that my dad had said yes, but my dad had really said no. But <laughs> they, so, so 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 one of those things where lies. I, tried yeah. to, I tried to play a parent off of the other parent uh... and it took them two seconds to be like, this kid's lying. <laughs> and now you're going to get punished for it and you're not going to get what you wanted. So right. I remember that because um, it instilled a sense of morality. Right. Were you were you the only were you one of the few, if not the only Asian families in Silver Spring? No, there were a lot of Asian. It was families. more diverse. OK, it was more diverse. Once we got once I got into school, it didn't seem like there were that many but because my family was very uh it was a church go uh, going family so i was raised in a chinese christian church mm -hmm. so i saw chinese people all the time so right. they were very um enmeshed in that network um and anytime like like i remember being in play pens at uh in the nursery at church so that's an early memory nice um those were all chinese kids okay. um and then when i started school and a bunch of um like non-asian kids were in the class there would always be like that one or two other asian kid that like my family would like glom onto and mm -hmm. then like they, we would like be friends as families because the kids were the same age and we would start playing with each other. Right. So there was that. And you hear, you know, you hear all these stories, I guess you could say the stereotypes of Asian parents being very strict and when yes. it comes to education and whatnot. Yes. And so you, would you say your parents are like that as well? Oh my God. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> They're still disappointed to this day that I'm an actor, um, but <laughs> what growing do they want up, for you? Yeah, they well, they wanted they wanted something different. You okay. know, I think what they wanted, though, was their understanding of what success and stability was. So that would be medicine. Uh, and when I when it became apparent as a teenager that I really liked to talk and argue, they thought law would be good. <laughs> um, although I don't it, like thinking about what i know of lawyers today i'm like law would have been a miserable career because it's yeah. just a bunch of paperwork yes. it's just it's just a ton of it's glamorized 
paper shuffling. It's so, yeah. and everything settles, and no one really gets to go into court like the TV shows. Oh yeah, the and, TV shows like, glamorize it. It's very oh yeah, glamorize it like no one's business. I I wanted to be a lawyer in high school because of um, the TV shows that I that we were watching. Mm -hmm. So Ally McBeal and the Practice. And uh, we were, yeah, we we loved law legal shows, but no, you come to find out that it's not what it is. That that's not no. Come to life. find out that n not everyone's dancing in the ball in the you know uh, conference rooms and having right. sex and all of that. I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah. No, no explosive cases. No. It's like the in the times where I've had legal counsel in my own career, it's all been boring. It's just right. all like contract negotiations. And so, I mean, which like look, maybe it, that excites people, yeah, um, some to some degree, don't. but not, but not that wasn't what what I when I wanted to be a lawyer, I just had a completely idea, a different idea of what it was compared to what to, what it actually is. Exactly. So, but going back to your original question, yes, yeah. they were very strict. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I feel like that's the thing with, you know, a lot of TV shows and movies is that they definitely paint a picture of something that's not reality, obviously. Yes. For the most part. I mean, you get some shows and movies that are very accurate, but for the, you know. Yeah. That are more yeah. grounded in the real world. But the whole point of television, television more so than movies, is to keep watching. Right. So, so they have their, to, their whole yeah. their whole point is to keep your eyeballs like don't change the channel, right. like stay on through the advertisements, um, you know, keep coming back week after week. So yeah. they that's where the drama and the, the drama. intrigue and all of that comes the cliffhangers, from. Cliffhangers, so, yeah, exactly. Cliffhangers, yeah. <laughs> Which do you, does religion still have a place in your life today? Religion, no, but spirituality, yes. Okay. Like I'm, I'm that LA cuckoo who's like, oh my god, my higher power. Like I definitely do send things up to my higher power okay. when things start to feel like they're a little bit out of my control. Yeah, um, and that makes me feel better knowing okay. that some, something, somewhat, someone, something, an entity bigger than myself is looking out for me. Exactly. Thankfully, my, my parents didn't really instill a religion in, you know, on me. I remember my grandmother, my paternal grandmother, Thank goodness. In, in Sunday school, I didn't finish. And thankfully, okay. she, she didn't like, Make she didn't make a big deal. I was like, okay, you tried. That's all you know. That's you all tried. You that's tried. Fine. You know. So, um, but yeah, I'm I'm the same. I'm like more spiritual than religious for sure. Um, it feels good to be spiritual, right? Yeah. Like, because religion to me feels like so much judgment. Um, yeah. I don't know what your experience was like, but it just seemed like it was just no, no, no. Like right. all you hear is no. You can't all do these this rules. Bad. Yeah, you're doing it wrong. Yeah all these mm -hmm. rules and it's it's not it wasn't for me and it's not for me no um do you have a sister you have a younger sister right how close are you with, with i have sister? a younger sister we are not close at all okay. Okay. <laughs> and that is okay yeah. um yeah there was a, there was a rift there was a rift in the family with the whole gay coming out thing mm -hmm. um and it's never been repaired not yet okay so may may happen in the future but okay. she's living her best life and i'm living mine Okay. So I have I have a nephew. She has she has a kid. She's got a husband. Mm -hmm. So, but we're not close, and that is okay because that's also out of my control. You know what I right. mean? Right. 
And I was going to ask you about your coming out story, and I'm sure that that was not a e uh, fun time. <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, is is it fun for anybody? Well, actually, I have heard of like amazing coming out stories where right. people are like, "Oh my god!" Right, and they all accepted me. I'm like, yeah. "Fuck you!" <laughs> uh, okay, I, I'm guilty of that. Yeah, they they all accepted really? me. Really? <laughs> yeah. You, you well, came out thing, and everybody was like, oh, come here, well, baby. It wasn't a surprise. And I think the thing is that I I, I have a huge family. My my mom is one of nine kids. So I have like mm. a bunch of cousins and aunts. And so um, I, I'm not the only member of my family that's part of the, the LGBT community. So oh, it was more sorry. of like, uh, okay. yeah, like, okay. So another one, I guess. <laughs> Got it. So yeah. they were like, welcome, welcome to welcome. our side of the family. Right. Exactly. And, you know, they all grew up here. We're all we're New Yorkers and whatnot. So it, they've been exposed to it, you know, their whole life. You know, To the culture and stuff. Did, did you have gay uncles growing up? I had a bisexual aunt, my mom's sister. She passed oh, away, lovely. but she was oh, bisexual. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, so your mom was totally cool with this. She understood. Yeah. yeah. My and my dad too. He he. I mean, him too. He was. He grew up here in New York, so he was exposed to the the gay culture and stuff. Right. So Realized we weren't totally harmless. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So yeah, so it wasn't fun for you. I'm 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 sorry about that. It, no, that's okay. Because again, that was not my that you know I have a lot of like peace about it because that there like my my family didn't react well to it, mm -hmm. um, and that was out of my control. So right. I mean, I protected my coming out my sexuality as best as I could until I couldn't anymore mm -hmm. you know you know I was in New York again like living my best life living like an, an out and open life in New York City but just wasn't reporting back home like mm -hmm. what what I was doing in New York mm -hmm. uh and then at, wow this must have been 10 11 years ago was it 20 2011 12 years ago uh the it gets better remember the it gets better project yes. it was um dan savage right he a bunch there was a kid i want to say his the name was tyler clemente a kid yes. in college killed himself because he was outed for being gay like he was yeah. so devastated that people yeah. were going to find out that he was gay and he committed suicide and uh that led to uh dan savage a writer to create a campaign on youtube called it gets better where he posted uh, a video telling kids who were closeted or struggling with coming out to hang on because life gets better mm -hmm. and a bunch of other celebrities and just people started to make their own videos I made one mm -hmm. and it went, you know, viral for me as like a nobody, you know, like I had been posting a couple of YouTube videos here and there with which maybe had like, God, I don't even know how many, but I just remember like after a day, my gets better video got 700 views mm -hmm. and I was like, oh my God, 700 people saw this. Like it, that was just like a crazy number for me. Um, and that video ended up finding its way to my parents who were none too happy about it and told me to take it down. And I told them, no, I was not going to take this video down. And, you know, they started yelling. Uh, and I was like, you know what? Like you, there are plenty of like kids with, there are plenty of gay kids with parents who, know how to deal with this so you figure it out 
this is like no longer my problem. So that's kind of been my stance about it ever since. Yeah. So, yes. So yeah, that was that's... so that and and in that time I've since that time I've built a life for myself um with my friends. Um I've been with my partner for almost 5 years now. Um you know, I've created a really uh good supportive life for myself in that front and it just goes to show you that your 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 chosen family can sometimes carry more weight than the one that you were born into right. so in a perfect world they would be evenly right matched mm -hmm. you know one would be just as important as the other but sometimes it just doesn't work out that way it doesn't unfortunately yes really but that's but that's okay we strive we strive for the best that we can we exactly. do the best that we can exactly and speaking of advocacy you you went to wheaton college i right? went to wheaton college did you ever do it did you do any research on wheaton college I know it's an evangelical Christian college, right? Lord have mercy. Yes. So that's where you founded or you co-founded, right? One week. No. So I didn't. I didn't co-found it while I was there. We. So you're you, you're referring to one Wheaton, right? Yeah. So I went to a really religious school. I I went. I mean, I was raised religious, um, and then went to a college that was Christian. So I went from like out of the frying pan and into the fire. It okay. was very, college was not easy either, but they, I mean, I joke about like, you know, I had all, I've always been like this. So honestly, I traumatized a lot more people than I myself was traumatized mm -hmm. because people just didn't know how to deal with someone with my personality. Right. So, uh, but we were let me see was it five years after my graduation yeah it was it was a couple years after i graduated where we found out that there was a chapel speaker who was coming to campus and he was a speaker who um was going to send a very damaging message about how he was gay, but he was choosing to be celibate because that was glorifying to the Lord. Um, and we just, but when I say we, I mean like myself and like the other uh, gay Christian alumni from Wheaton College who we all found each other through Facebook. Mm -hmm. We just couldn't believe this message was being put out there. So we collectively as a group founded, uh, we founded One Wheaton it became a nonprofit, a registered nonprofit, and we put out a letter that went viral, like truly went viral, like made Time Magazine, made a bunch of other media outlets, was retweeted by celebrities. And it was a letter to the college and to all the students to let, especially the closeted ones, to let them know that they are worthy and that they matter, that they have value, that you, you, you I, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't want to get into the weeds of like the spirituality stuff. I forgot what our stance was on that, but ultimately to be, essentially it was to let the population know that we disagreed with the message that the, this speaker was bringing to the campus. So it just, it boggled my mind that they would do something like that. 
Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so we founded the, we founded that group and we decided to go to homecoming that year and we created alternative programming for homecoming. We called it homo coming. So we were there like at all the sports events with like our t-shirts and walk around on campus. Like, I think we really irritated the school that year Um, (laughs) and and we created alternative programming that a ton of people turned up to. Like we had like a concert uh, night that had hundreds of people show up to out of curiosity and out of support. I think some media showed up to it. Um, yeah, it's it's still one of my proudest accomplishments. Uh, should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that uh, you know I was a part of something that made an impact to that degree you know a lot of people that were students at that time have since you know obviously graduated and come out so Mm -hmm. uh hopefully they felt supported by one wheaton at some point or another during their journey yeah how did you deal with like the pushback from the college or did you just ignore it and just kept on doing your thing there there wasn't pushback from the college the college was in a the college had to defend themselves in the media right. um they that we put the college in a very uncomfortable position because what they what had what ended up happening was all of these news outlets would hit up the college for a statement and the college would then be in a position where they had to respond with their bigotry Mm-hmm. and talk about their stance and we believe in the biblical principles of marriage between one man and one woman and celibacy and blah 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 and they just looked like idiots they looked very out of touch they looked uh very insensitive they looked um behind and ancient mm-hmm. uh, i'm sure they had a ton of supporters which is uh, you know that tells you something when it comes to the state of our nation but yeah. i think that they were on pretty slippery footing during yeah. that time so yeah. the the group still stands as is like the group still exists as a pillar of uh support like there's still the facebook group that uh people can join I think there's like a public Facebook page um, and there's there's uh, I, lo- I love the New York traffic. That's yeah, going. I know. Um, but no, for me, I love like it. It makes me miss story. it. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I want to be there with you right now. Uh, <laughs> there the so the the group still exists in um in an online format. I don't recall the last, I think the last time that they went back for a homecoming was a couple of years ago. Um, So people have sort of moved on to other projects, but it's a resource for existing, excuse me, it's a resource for existing students Mm -hmm. who, you know, need or want that type of outreach. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. Um, you, you majored in sociology and, and, and you minored in communications, correct? Yep. 
I'm the opposite. I actually majored in communications and minored in sociology. I can so see pretty, that. Yeah. yeah. And here you are interviewing me. Did you, <laughs> you love communications? It's fun, right? It's very fun because it's very broad. So like, it's not very yes. like concentrated. It's very broad. Like you learn so many different things. And I really, that's what I really most enjoyed about it. Yeah. Yeah. No communications. And, and you learn about yourself a lot. Yeah. Like that's what I loved about my major and my minor is that, you got to go take a dive inside your own mind. You're exactly. like, oh my God, how do I talk to people? How do other people talk to me? Right. How do people of different genders talk to each other? You know, how do different cultures interact? That's what I loved about what I studied. Exactly. Uh, and I think communication and sociology kind of, they're really compatible, I feel like. Yeah, they go hand yeah. in hand. And I knew that I was building the, I was laying a foundation for my leap into acting. Mm -hmm. Because I knew that that's probably what I was going to do after college. So my parents had no idea what the hell I was doing with a sociology degree. They just thought I was flushing <laughs> down the toilet. They flushed <laughs> my college education down the toilet. Right. They were happy that I was at a Christian college, but they were like, what are you doing with sociology? You should be going, you should be in finance or something, right. or, or you should be studying Medicine economics. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, I've been able to utilize those skills in many, many different ways. You know, I kind of always was one step ahead of the career that I was trying to create for myself. Yeah. So I knew what I was doing when I chose to study those two subjects. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing. So yeah, uh, from I, there, you, yeah. I was going to, I was going to ask you as, as there's clear, clearly a fire in your neighborhood. Oh my um, gosh. Uh, yeah. What, what, what did you love about sociology? Um, just like there's so many different areas like to, of, of sociology to, to study sociology of race, sociology of family. So like, there's mm. just so many different like areas to explore and, and, and study. It's, it, it was, it was fascinating to me for sure. Yeah. 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 And you found, you find it useful today. Yeah, exactly. It's like you, you definitely, you kind of sympathize with people or empathize with people of different backgrounds, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Love that. It's yeah. So from there you went to, to London, right? I, I, well, I studied abroad in London during my junior year. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah. So I studied abroad in London the fall of my junior year and then finished out the rest of my time at Wheaton. Um, so I was London. I still haven't gone. I'd love to go, but London's amazing. You have to go. Yeah. I was just, I was just in London just a week and a half ago. We, I was, I was in London literally no, no, no more than like three hours, but I kind of was like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm back. Like riding the London tube and right. just being in the city. It's, it's electric. It reminds yeah. me of New York. Um, okay. it's very metropolitan. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't know if there's a program that'll take you out there or like a work situation that might yeah. enable you to Maybe go. one of my vacation days out vacation, I'll go out there one day. <laughs> yeah. I still haven't I, even traveled outside of the country. I was supposed to travel us. I, I just got my passport two years ago when I started oh. my new job. Uh, and I was first, I was in the emergency room. That's what okay. I 
And I got my passport like a week before my first day there. So I couldn't, I couldn't obviously travel. Um, and so, yeah, it's just still my, I still have my passport. It just hasn't been used yet. <laughs> you got to go to Canada. <laughs> Canada. I'd love to go to Canada too. Canada, go to yeah. Canada. Um, you know where I have never gone to yet? Mexico. Okay. It's so close. Got to yeah. go to Mexico. Definitely. Um, I just haven't had a chance to, I, I, you know, what's, what has been the one thing that I'm kind of like, Oh, I heard it's such a pain in the ass is the border and get to get into Mexico or oh, to get okay. out of Mexico. And I'm just, I'm not a person that loves lines or crowds. So yeah. I avoid to the, you know, to the best of my ability. Yeah. I'm a person that shows up at the airport four hours early just oh, so wow. I can avoid things security line security yeah yeah i can you know i'm trying to like do things on the off cycle yeah. so like i'll try to like if people want to meet up during the week they can't meet up meet me at 9 a.m it has to be like 10 30 or 11 just because uh -huh. i don't want to get caught up in traffic the rush hours um, yeah mm -hmm. yeah rush hours totally same yeah. thing with like at late late afternoon late early oh evening rush hour like don't plan on meeting me anywhere at like 6 p.m like yeah. forget about it. like it's like it I, it's like i try like i try to go i try to beat the the afternoon rush to go to the gym because oh i can't get a machine oh, yeah I can't do it. yeah it's is crazy. the traffic crazy yeah it's like and like the gyms get so crowded and i'm just like oh my god yeah so i try to I try to leave work early enough to get to the gym. <laughs> nice. Good yeah. idea. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. I see it. I see it. I see your broad shoulders too. I see yeah. the gym out for you. Yes. yes. Flex yes. that chest. That's when right. I, when, when I first, when I interviewed you the first time I was obese, I don't, but I don't think we saw each other. No, it was phone. I believe. Right. I can't was remember. it? Was it phone? I can't remember. I think it was I don't phone. remember. Uh, okay. But yeah, I was I was obese. I lost. 80 wow, how obese were you? I was so I'm five eight, so I I was two almost two fifty. No and kidding. Right now, how, how one, much do you weigh right now? One sixty five. No. And this happened Evan. during the pandemic. Like I lost weight during the pandemic. To believe it or not. <laughs> no, I believe it because I know yeah. I know several people that lost three figures during yeah. the pandemic yeah. i know several people that lost a significant amount of weight yeah they just took that time to get really really healthy yeah. um that's incredible evan yeah. i'm so proud of you congratulations thank you, <laughs> thank you. And, now part of my routine. <laughs> and now it's just part of my life like it's, I, it's something that i am passionate about like fitness nutrition so yeah. yes do you find that um it's obviously a combination of both. It's about like not putting crap in your body and it's mm -hmm. about working out, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. What it starts you, in the kitchen. Yeah. It starts in the kitchen. Like yeah. what do you think your biggest food habit, food changes have been? Food um, habit changes. Less added sugar stuff. Um, okay. Because I have a big sweet tooth. Um, yes. I try to find, I, 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 if I do want something sweet, I'll probably get like a fruit or something. Um, oh that's smart yeah, yeah i try to do green apples and peanut butter as my right. snack there you go there you go okay that's a good, that's a good way that's um, a good way okay what else good... what and... other chips i'm literally asking for me because because i, cause I <laughs> in, in the last in the past five years i've gained like 15 pounds and i know okay. it's not 100 pounds but it, i i'm like no 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 
You know what I'm saying? Like my, yeah. my waist size used to be a 29 and now it's, now it's, now it's pushing 31 and that is not okay. Not okay. <laughs> I'm um, an actor. So I try to just keep my meals like balanced. So obviously because I work out, I need a source of carbs. So it's usually right. like oatmeal or like a bagel and things like that. And then um, obviously some healthy fats. So like avocado, like peanut butter. Why do you need um, carbs if you're working out? Because you're carbs. burning. Yeah, so you, carbs are your body's main source of energy. Um, and so you, if you want to sustain a longer, more intense workout, you kind of want to have a good amount of carbs beforehand. Okay. Um, yeah. And then healthy fats, obviously, like the avocado, the nut butters, the seeds, the chia seeds, things like that. And then protein, obviously, chicken, salmon, things of that nature. Okay. So I try to make sure that each meal has a combination of all of those, like a, a source of carb, a source of healthy fats, a source of protein. This doesn't sound cheap. This sounds... <laughs> It's no, not, it's good. It's not, no, it's not the cheapest aisle in the grocery store. This sounds quiet. <laughs> do you have do you have quick meals that you can do? Like you do like a smoothie in the morning or do. Uh, no, I do like a protein like oatmeal. I, it's like the quick goats. Like I just put in the microwave for like a minute and a half. But I, I, oh, I sprinkle some protein okay. powder in it. And that put, that makes it sweet, like the protein powder. And then I add like chia seeds. I'll add like almonds and like things like that and just like stir it all up. Oh, that sounds good. I can manage yeah. that. Yeah. Because yeah. like I, I, I order nuts in bulk. Okay. So I can throw nuts into oatmeal. Yeah. yeah. I need to get back on an oatmeal habit. I like oatmeal. I should I get back it. on an oatmeal it's habit. Definitely, it's, my, it's my go-to everyday breakfast for sure. <laughs> okay. Oatmeal with like sliced bananas and stuff like that. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. Um, some fruit. Yeah. Mixed berries. Yeah. And then you get, you with get your the workout, fiber. Yeah, the fiber. Did you? Yeah, to make sure to you know for I'm for you have adult listeners yeah. to make sure your 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 bowels are, are exactly. Are, yeah, to make sure you're you're doing you're regular. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm. I'm just crass. I'll just say it. Um, Go for it. Instead of implicating, instead of implying it. Um. Do you? Did you teach teach yourself how to work out, or yes. did you hire a trainer? No, I taught myself. Um, I've used, I, I looked at YouTube and I looked at people who are per fitness trainers, obviously certified. And um, I kind of just emulated what they did. Like they would put out, oh, this is a good arm day, a workout. So I was like doing that. Obviously I would start off light and then work my way up to heavier weight. So yeah. No kidding. I kind of, yeah, you don't really, I mean, unless you need a personal, I didn't need one, but you know, it, there's not, there's no harm in having one. Sure. Um, what did you do about stomach fat? Because that's I my problem area. Yeah. So I still have extra skin because I was obese. Um, and the only way for it to go away is probably. Well, that's like surgery, skin. but yeah, I have plenty of friends that have had that, but what did you do to get rid of the fat underneath the skin? Um, cardio hit high intensity interval, high training. intensity cardio. Oh yeah. shit. Yeah. So what I do, I lately I, I was doing like stairmaster where I would just like run really like go up the stairs really fast and then slow down and then do it again and then slow down for like twenty minutes or so, and then. Uh, but lately I've been doing like sled pushes. You know what that is? No. So the sled pushes no. is like it's like you it's like that thing where you go like that and you push it. It's like a big sled. It's like it looks like a sled. Yeah, and that helps with um that like you, you can do that with with cardio. Like you push so, it really fast, as hard oh, as you can, then take shit. a break, 
for like 30 seconds and then push it again really hard and then take a 30 second break and then keep going that for like 15 minutes and you'll see like you, your heart rate is up and yeah, you burn, you're, you burn a lot of so, calories that way. So cardio is the best way to burn stomach fat? Yeah, high intensity because it's stubborn. It's a very stubborn area. <laughs> so I, I think yeah. steady state cardio isn't as effective as high intensity when it comes to stubborn fat, yeah. I may I need know. to join a gym again. <laughs> because i guess i can do the diet but i'm like i in order for me to find like i i don't i live in hollywood but not really in a place where you can run around and like okay. you know jog and stuff like that it's not like yeah. a residential neighborhood like right. that so i may have to join a gym join damn a it gym. yeah yeah I, I love the gym it's like it's therapy time for me <laughs> is it i, I love loved, it i joined a i had a i was a member of a climbing gym i like that Okay, those are fun too. Yeah, yeah. climbing yeah. gyms. Yeah, climbing gyms have room for a lot of cardio too, and there yes. was a steam room, so that was nice. You could yeah. like let out all the wa extra water in your body. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, well, I didn't realize this was going to turn into like a consultation. I trying to figure out about this. Yeah, love about this podcast. You never yeah, know. Yeah, you learn exactly where it's going to go. You know, yeah, you listeners, you listen up because you never know, never ever learn. <laughs> never but we know. all know how to get rid of stomach fat now. Damn it! Exactly. I have to go to a fucking gym. <laughs> but oatmeal for breakfast is very doable. I'm yes. gonna start doing that. I, in fact, I think I have some oats at home. I just need perfect. to. Oh yeah. my god, you're perfect, Evan. You've always been perfect, <laughs> but you, but you. You got the motivation to get yourself I in shape. Did. Look at that. Yeah. I mean, I went to the doctor and I saw that my blood pressure was through the roof. I was like on the verge of like organ failure, heart did heart attack. So I was like, oh shit. Wow. And like my, my family also, both sides, they both come from like that sort of health background, like high blood pressure, diabetes, all that wow. stuff. So I was like, okay, I don't want to be another statistic now. So no. yeah. Yeah. But anyway, back to you. <laughs> oh, back. To, I mean, we've been talking about me, talking about <laughs> my extra, my my this extra inner tube around my fucking waist, <laughs> trying to god, god damn. It needs to go. I know. That, I know. We're trying to get rid of it. I'm gonna have to do some sled pushes. It's the one thing you want to get rid of the most, but it's the last thing to go. It sucks. It's the last thing to go. It's and it's clearly like the first thing that it's like this. It's like the slippery slope to obesity too. Yeah. It's like visceral fat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I think so. Cause I realized I was, cause it felt, it feels like it's the most noticeable yeah. on a part on my body that's mm -hmm. added fat, but I can see little, I can see that my thighs are a little bit thicker. Do you know what I mean? Okay. I can yeah. see that like my jawline's not as sharp, you know, like shit like that. Right, right. It's just more evident in right. my in my stomach. Yeah. I know cardio. it's like cardio, high intensity. And like lately, mm -hmm. like I Can I just I, run? Can I just do running? You can run, yeah. Try try sprinting. Like sprint for like 20 seconds, like real as fast as you can, and then slow, like a more steady jog. And then keep going back and forth between those two. And I that's have a, to run. That's an example day. of hit. Not really. You can do hit like three to four times a week. Oh, it's, it, because the thing about hit is that because you're getting your heart rate so high, you're gonna burn calories even while you're at rest. 
Oh, good. Okay, I got you. Yeah. You're so, you really, you really got smart, huh? (laughs) When it comes to, I did my research when it came to fitness and nutrition. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Had some downtime during that pandemic. Oh my gosh, a lot of downtime. So after London, you came, you obviously, you went back to, you went to Chicago, right? You went, that's where you took acting classes. That's where, that's where uh, you, yeah. So London went back to Wheat to graduate only because it's just easier to finish your degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I stayed in Chicago throughout the summer. I worked for a casting director and um, I took acting classes. And then I applied for graduate schools. No, I cried, I applied for graduate schools during the spring of my senior year. Mm-hmm. And didn't get into any of them. Tried to get into NYU. Tried to get into Juilliard. Tried to get into like all the big name ones. Right. Um, thought I had a shot at USC. Didn't end up getting into USC. But turns out there was a new program that was starting up at the at Pace University, which was uh, it was an old program that was being transferred over over. So it was the Actor Studio mm-hmm. um, that used to have an MFA at what was the new school and it was being transferred over to the Pace University and we would have been the we would have been the incoming class at the new university. Nice. So I auditioned for that and I got in. Nice. So so yeah, and so I finally was able to break the news to my parents. I was like I'm going to New York this fall. They were like to do what? I was like to go to grad school. Um, and at first they thought they were really happy until they found out that it was acting grad school. Right. And I was like, you don't understand. I was like the actor studio turned out this person and that person and this person and that person. Uh, and they still don't understand, but it's, <laughs> but you know, I, I went, uh, but I, but that's what got me to New York city was mm-hmm. the actor studio drama school. Nice. And who were the people that you looked up to? growing up that you wanted that was like oh okay i can do this i can get into the entertainment industry it was robin williams and margaret cho okay nice so yeah they were just two icons to me very i was uh, yeah yes very instrumental robin williams you know hero to millions and millions of people don't you know we don't need to go into why or maybe maybe we can go into why because he's been gone for a while now yeah very sad. Yeah. Um, and Margaret Cho, just a completely like underrated comedian, like never got the career that she should have gotten because mm-hmm. she was the first to break down so many doors and she broke the glass ceiling in so many ways. She was yeah. the she had the first Asian American sitcom starring a female That's on television. And after her show was canceled, it took 20 years before another Asian American led sitcom got on air. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I I grew up listening to her stand up and watching her stand up and perf- and and like performing her jokes to like my classmates. Yeah. Uh, and her her comedy taught me rhythm. It taught me joke writing. It taught me it taught me a lot. Um, and she was someone who looked like me. Yeah. So I was like, oh, she's in the business. I can do this. Yeah. And obviously, like Asian representation in Hollywood, it still needs some work. We've made some progress, but mm-hmm. there's no question that we that there's still work work that needs to be done. What, oh, so much work! What obstacles did you face 
when you were trying to break into the industry? When I was breaking into the industry, it was still a time when it was okay to ask Asian actors to do a version of the audition in an accent. So I remember having a couple of those where they were like, okay, can you now do what you just did in an accent? And I would always just, you know, sigh really big and just give it to them. But um, yeah, those, but those ones never worked out for me because usually when a writer and usually it was a white male writer, especially at that time when I was entering the business, what? 12 11 12 13 years ago Mm -hmm. it was usually a white male writer when they're creating an asian role they don't have someone like me in mind Mm -hmm. the person that they have in mind is very stereotypical is gonna be uh someone who's very complacent someone who's really there just to move the story along for the leading actors who were also probably gonna be white right so their their way of like creating flavor was to get someone asian to say something in an asian accent you know mm-hmm. so very serious i thought it was yeah. i thought it was boring you know yeah. so that was that was an obstacle that i had to deal with um and then also i think there were just less roles you know mm-hmm. when you're in your early 20s um like like Asian young Asian men gay or straight have a lot more today have a lot more opportunity than I had yeah you know 10 15 years ago when I was in my early 20s mm-hmm. so um <clears throat> I kind of like oh man did I miss the boat on that one and in some ways I did but I'm glad that like the culture has shifted and mm-hmm. because of you know I think some of the work that I've done because I've been in the mix and i've been and because of some of the jobs that i've booked i think i have been part of the asian american you know diaspora that sort of moved things forward right definitely and then obviously you're all you know you had the double whammy of being asian and being gay so that that yeah another like a roadblock and put in front of you for sure Totally, totally. Because yeah. there, because there was just a limited number of roles that I would be right for. Mm-hmm. So, what I the jobs that I was booking, especially earlier in my career, well, hell, even kind of now, the roles that are coming to me as auditions are roles that are gay, Asian, separate, right? Gay, they're either gay, they're either Asian, or they're funny. So those are what I tell my representatives to look for. I'm like, find me these roles, the Asian roles, the gay roles, and the funny roles. Mm -hmm. Because usually you just need that one hook to get you in the door. And then I can sort of like drive it home with the performance and hope that I get booked. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I think with Life Size 2, Tyra wasn't specifically looking for um uh an asian character for my role but the character was just someone who was the best friend to the female lead mm-hmm. and who really cared a lot about her and was very buttoned up and like fastidious and took a lot of notes and took care of everything yeah. so y- you know it- 
it it someone who was not gay could have played that role mm -hmm. but it just fit me yeah you know i stepped into it and it just made sense yeah so I that's think that's casting they, they call it what colorblind casting. I think I think Shonda Rhimes is is a good example of someone who does yep. colorblind casting. Like she just writes a character without any race, any like it's just and bring everybody who it doesn't matter what you look like come in and audition and yeah, you know, mm -hmm. someone someone for yeah someone will fit the role like a glove. Right, exactly. And, you know, you hear all these stories of like management or agents telling their clients oh, don't tell anyone that you're gay like your career won't go anywhere did you oh yeah happen to you uh it it did not happen to me because it okay. was just so obvious that i was okay. gay that there was gonna, not going to be any hiding okay. <laughs> there, there was just <laughs> there there would no secrets would have been kept okay perfect that's i've that's always good. been i've always been flaming so <laughs> Hey, you know, and, and more power to right. That's right. Exactly. Um, I want to talk about some of the names that you've worked with. You've mentioned Tyra Robin Williams. So I'm going to I'm going to say a name and I want you to give me like the first thought or memory of the purse of this person. OK, OK, this will be fun. Uh, yeah. So Reese Witherspoon home again. Uh, did not work with her directly. I was in okay. her movie, but I did not have any scenes with her. Okay. But um you know, cross paths with her at the premiere of the movie very briefly and lovely person. Perfect. Very, uh, very, very businesslike. I will say, right. I will say, like very like- surprise me, yeah, yes. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like the I can way see she that. like, the way she handled the media is she, she like had her talking points and she said them and then she was like, okay, thank you. And she was on to the next person very much yeah. like, mm -hmm, yep, thanks. And, and just, yep, this was, this was amazing. This was amazing. Yep. Okay, cool. Nice to meet you. Goodbye. <laughs> like <laughs> how she, you know, but very, but very, yeah. very Southern, yeah. um, warm. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, I can get, I can get that. I get that from her for sure. That those vibes from her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Tyra. Tyra Banks, uh, the queen. Tyra and I still text. Um, okay. She is amazing. She, uh, yeah, she, she, I, I don't know where to begin with her because I, I think she's, she's an entrepreneur. Yeah. She has an amazing creative vision. Mm -hmm. She's multifaceted. Um, oh, you know what? To answer your question, my first impression of her, I'll, it, it can be summed up in one word, uh -huh. big, like okay. big personality, yes. like big, like she walked into the room right when we were doing our first table read and she was tall. She's, you know, like she's full figured she was had big hair like big bright yellow dress um big smile big beautiful eyes so just big everything about her big yeah like yes. it was just clear you were in the presence of a supermodel right yeah that doesn't surprise me either um yeah and she's she's talked about another life size i mean that she i think i had read back in 2020 that she was talking about another life size have you heard anything? That's about what it? she said. So she hasn't spoken to me about it. Uh, but, Ty you know, Tyra's also very savvy in that she loves to 
she loves she loves to tease a cliffhanger okay. with her audience. Yeah. So she loves to keep her followers on their toes. Like you never yes. know what she's gonna do next. Like, yeah. wait a minute, she's dropping an ice cream brand. Like, <laughs> hold on, what is Model Land? Like, yeah. you got you've got like an amusement park. Like, what's going <laughs> on here? Like. I won't be like, surprised, you're, honestly. You're hosting Dancing with the Stars, right? Yeah. Like, it's just, you just never know never what's know. going to happen next with Tyra Banks. And she and she knows that, and sh her fans are super loyal to her. Yeah. And uh, she loves to drop breadcrumbs of things that could come. And if she says Life Size 3 is in the works, then... Very well, so very well, maybe, and I, yeah. I'm hope I'm in it. But right. you know, they were they were able to move an entire. They were able to move the story completely away from the first one exactly. with the second one, so they could very well bring an entirely different cast for the third one. And yeah. I wouldn't begrudge them if they did that. It would totally make sense in the in the scheme of things and yeah. the franchise. But hey maybe they'll have me back it would be amazing to work with tyra again it would be i i loved it i, I mean i love both of them the original and the second one for sure oh thank you yeah yeah uh, it was a great time to work on them yeah uh robin williams uh robin williams he's gentle He's sweet. He's sweet and he's gentle. Shy. Maybe, yeah, that's the word that would, that. that's what stands out. He was, he was, he was shy um, when I met him. He, like, he's this huge personality and like a big movie star, but I met him as a colleague um, on set. So... What did I, I, I remember, what did I say to him? I was like, oh, I saw you perform. You know, it's such an honor to meet you. Um, I saw him when he came through. I was a kid, you know, he came to DC to, you know, when he was on tour. Um, and I remember I bought like a poster and I bought a keychain. And what I told him when I finally did a movie with him is I was like, yeah, you came to like my my city in Washington, D.C. And, you know, your the merchandise is so expensive. And I said that as a joke. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. That's the merchandising. You know, I don't have anything to do with that. I was like, I'm, I'm kidding. Happy to pay. Yeah. Happy to pay. You know, <laughs> happy to pay these ripoff prices. That's right. not your fault. I understand. I get it. It was a joke. But um, he was just really really nice okay uh and like like opens the door for you like to get into the trailer just really doesn't have any airs about him like didn't have wasn't surrounded by a bunch of people who were licking his asshole because he was such a big star then again our movie was an indie film so there wasn't like a budget for like a ton of people to be there but yeah, that's, it was, I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better experience. It was yeah. a dream working with him. And the way that I worked with him too was very, um, was like kind of unique is like all of my scenes with him were just on the phone. And so they shot my coverage and he stood next to me off camera reading the lines uh, okay. and he didn't have to do that. Right. Uh, 
normally they can get like the director to read it or they can get a PA to read it. They can get anybody except yeah. for the lead of the movie to read those lines. Mm -hmm. But he read those lines. So wow. I'm grateful that I got to act with him. And it does count as acting with Robin Williams. Yeah, it does. He seems like a very so, giving, a very giving person. Yes. Yeah. Very giving. Very giving. Um, you did Baby Daddy, right? With Melissa Peterman. I did, I did Baby Daddy. Yes. I love Melissa Peterman. I love her too, yeah. <laughs> She's so funny. Can I tell you one of the one of my proudest moments? is with baby daddy is very recent a couple of months ago i posted a clip from the episode that i did yeah. and that thing went viral oh my god i love that show oh my gosh it, i love it, it that show was so funny so the clip funny. that i posted generated like 10 million views yeah it just kept on going and going and going i got tens of thousands of new followers from it i was wow. like holy smokes yeah and that just shows you like how good the writing is like it didn't go viral because of me it went viral because of the content mm -hmm. of the show um but you know all the actors did their part so well uh it, it was just so funny and, uh, yeah. And, and yeah that that was i was on that show for a week i did one episode mm -hmm. and it was one of the best weeks of my life it was very fun I loved it. I, I I'm always like, man, like it, it should come come back. I mean, I it feel should like come it would back. Be, it would be great on like Netflix or something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. It was. Yeah. It was a great show to work on. Definitely. Um, you did Lopez, right, with George Lopez. I did Lopez with George Lopez. Yes. You're asking me about George. Yeah. George was guarded. Okay. Which was interesting. Right. Um he he was he was nice mm -hmm. um and he was professional knew all his lines but it was kind of hard you know and also um and you know what he was generous because um twitter you remember when twitter was a thing huh <laughs> like i remember we were we were sitting like we had a bunch of scenes on the golf course okay. and i remember sitting down with him uh and we were on our phones and i think we had like just taken a picture together and i was like oh i'm gonna post it and i'm gonna tag you and he was like okay you know he he was very like one word answer type of stuff okay but then he followed up and he was like followed you man something like that like he followed uh... me and and i'm like a no-name actor and he followed me and i think to this day on whatever incarnation Twitter is on, whatever, you know, X, whatever the hell they want to call right. it. I think George Lopez, if he's still on Twitter, I think he follows me. Um, so he, so he, you know, cool things like that. But you, you, I got the sense that, you know, he had been doing, he's been in showbiz for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, you know, it was just a it was it, he was tired <laughs> that's that's yeah. kind of the vibe that i got from him which i would be too if i were right him. Exactly. like i i think when i was working with him he had a schedule where it was like friday afternoons he would finish shooting and like fly to vegas to do a sh to do a weekend of shows and then sunday night take a red eye back and then get back in to start 
to work Monday morning to start to shoot his show. So I think he was working seven days a week. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't, I don't begrudge anybody for not, you know, being able to, for not wanting to do small talk, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I have to just give them the benefit of the doubt for sure. Um, and then no, the I love one, George Lopez. Yeah. yeah, and I would, and and he has a successful sitcom right now, and I would love to be on it. So, right. George, if you're hearing this, I love you. Uh, <laughs> Let's make it happen. Lopez versus Lopez. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then the last one, you did a holiday film where you worked with Mario Lopez. Yes, I did. How you know that? what? This was another similar to a Reese Witherspoon situation. So I did not have any scenes direct with Mario, but we did two table reads okay. uh, at his house. Nice. So, yeah. So um, I've met Mario several times. He's such a great host. Um, he's very warm. Like what you see is what you get. Like the, the way he is as like a media personality, mm-hmm. friendly, open, warm um you know cool like yeah and 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 he's a workhorse because i remember when we were in santa fe new mexico shooting this he had brought along the uh crew from is it extra yeah extra is the Mm -hmm. show that he works on Mm -hmm. so he was co-host co-hosting out of santa fe new mexico for a month wow while he was shooting this movie so wow. he was doing double time. Um, and his daughter, Gia, was in the movie. And Gia was super sweet. Gia, I think on our second table read, she had like handwritten and drawn and like colored little notes that she gave to everybody in the cast that said, I'm so excited to work with you. Uh, and that just shows you the kind of like parenting that Gia had. Yeah, I love that. So, yeah. So I want to talk more about your, your stand-up comedy. How do you think okay. <laughs> your 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 culture, your heritage influenced your comedic style? I know a, a good amount of your material is about you being Asian. So sure. what what inspired you to openly embrace and discuss your identity as both an Asian and a, and a gay man in, in comedy, in stand-up comedy? What inspires me? Yeah. Or what yeah, what motivates you to, you know, be free and, and openly mm. discuss your your background? What motivates me? Well, I think what motivates me to discuss my ethnicity and my sexuality is that I can't escape it. It's who I am. So that's what people see when they meet me. And uh, it's it can become a topic of conversation. So why don't I lead the conversation? Right. Exactly. That's a good way to that's, put it. That's, yeah, that's my motivation. Good. Uh, what? How do you handle criticism? Do you even pay attention to it? I try not to. I think criticism can probably get under anybody's skin, but yeah. it. I well, then again, look, I've never been blasted publicly the way that, like, say, someone like um, like Kelly Marie Tran was like, like, like from Star Wars, the Asian actress on Star Wars was. Mm-hmm. Com- had to leave social media because she was bullied so hard and relentlessly. I've never experienced vitriol to that level, but uh, whenever I get like criticism, I'm like, Hey, they're talking about me. You know, that means they're watching my stuff. That means, you know, I'm creating some kind of a reaction within their body. 
And yeah. I think that's the point of art. Right. I think when you go into a museum and you look at a gallery and if you look at something and you're like, what is this crap? A two-year-old can make it. I think the artists just achieved their goal because now you're talking about them. They've gotten a reaction from you. So I think the same can be said from performance. Exactly. Yeah. So if you don't like my performance, but you're talking about it, I mean, I think I've done my job. Right. I love that. So, I love that. How, how did you feel about uh, Crazy Rich? Did you uh, did you have an did you audition for Crazy Rich Asians? I I think I'm the only Asian in Hollywood that did not have that an did audition not. for Crazy Rich Asians, which is crazy to me, <laughs> unintended. It's crazy that I did not audition for Crazy Rich Asians because there was there there might have been one role that I was right for the one that went to um, Nico. Ooh, I forgot his last name, but he's from Superstore. Um, because okay. Nico is is gay. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm like, well, why didn't I read for that? <laughs> but Nico yeah, right. hit it out the park. Yeah, I love so I did not, I did not uh, audition for that movie, but I loved it. I loved yeah. it. I watched it opening week, and yeah, because it came out um in 2018. Yeah. 2018 was like a very exciting year for me and for the community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember watching, uh, I remember coming back from shooting Life Size 2 and pretty much like walking into a theater to watch Crazy Rich Asians because the movie had just come out. Yeah, I loved it. That was, that was, a, good, that was a good movie. I loved it. It was fun. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, so before we move on to, um, there's a segment that I do in every episode, but before oh, we okay. move on to that, I want to bring up something that might, you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to, but, um, in one of your Instagram posts, it was Valentine's week. You, it was one of your stand-up uh, videos where you joked about, um, being in a bad relationship. Oh, okay. Post, um, the caption said, let's go to the dark side today as hashtag Valentine's week continues. Abusive relationship deserve, relationships deserve to be joked about too. Um, and I know in comedy, obviously the best material often comes from pain and making light of, you know, topics that don't normally get joked about, I guess you can say. Um, would you like to speak about any real life experiences on this topic? What year was that post? Was it, it wasn't this year, was it? I think it was this year, no? Maybe I, I... Uh, wow. Um, I've always been open that I've been in bad relationships. Like, okay. I think that that's part of my recovery. Like, you have to be honest with yourself in order to be able to move on and to heal from it. So I have no problem talking about it. Okay. Um, what do you want to ask me? <laughs> no, just like, how did, what, like, what was it like? What sorry, happened? Or comment? <laughs> if what you want to talk about it, yeah. All the you juice. talk about it, yeah. <laughs> now, how did you like overcome it? And, and what advice would you give to people who might be in a similar situation? Oh, that's a great question. Um, well, to give a little bit of context is I was love bombed. Uh, people might be familiar with that term is just someone, you know, kind of 
goes crazy obsessive over you but you also accept it you're kind of like oh my god this like roller coaster of emotions and fairy tale you know fireworks situation is going to be the rest of my life you know and it just can never be at a 10 you know at this level of euphoria for you know a relationship can't sustain itself like that that's not how it is like i'm in um, a, a relationship of almost five years now, like I mentioned earlier, and we have a lot of boring times and I love how boring those boring yeah, times are because it's, it's comfort, it's comfort, it's safety, mm-hmm. it's stability. Um, and this, the relationship that I was in that I probably, that's, that is always like the freshest in my mind is the one that was right before the relationship that I got into with my current partner, but I was love bombed and it was then six months of just drama. Like those six months felt like five years. Do you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. the five years that I've been with my partner now has felt like no time. Whereas six months, because something felt like it was happening every single day, it was like, Oh my God, like I cannot do this anymore. Yeah. But as soon as, you're like, I can't do it anymore. Something else would pull, would pull me in. Um, the abuse came with comments about my body. And as we know, uh, from our conversation earlier, my body was banging back then. (laughs) It was 29 inch waist. Didn't need to go to the gym. Look great. Uh, so but he joked that like I was anorexic, like you you know what I mean? Like they're always they'll always find a way to twist it around and like make it, find something negative about you. Yeah. Um. But he but it, there was started with like name calling and it escalated to like physical stuff. But it was always uh. But they it's not like they punch you in the face on the second mm-hmm. date. It's like a shove mm-hmm. or a pull or controlling like who you're talking to when you go out to like the club it's it so it escalated to like a slap in the face and that's when i knew that i was in way too deep and a friend of mine and i walked to the police station which was like nearby my house and we filed a report and then i broke up in the only broke up with him in like the only way i knew how is he was leaving the state he was like going to new york uh and as he was like on the plane, I like wrote a zillion text messages to him. Just you're an asshole and I hate you. And I can't believe you did this to me, blah, 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 like all super unhealthy and just un- unloaded on him. Mm-hmm. I never want to see you again. Like you did this to me. Um, and like, you know, you know, uh, by the plane time of the plane landed, he told me that I was crazy and I was acting crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah it was it 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 was a rough time emotionally and mentally for me and like i still had to get out of the weeds like my police report ended up like getting escalated i had to go to a hearing at the city attorney's office and it was a separate hearing between myself and then him it was you know so but what that did was it scared him to leave me alone right so um, that was good, but that's what went down and what I, the advice I have to anyone who's going through something like this 
is just you deserve more you're you know you're worth more you deserve better um and my my therapist told me any but you know she said nobody can give or take anything away from you love pain uh respect you give it to yourself yeah so uh i really had to do a lot of inner work and a lot of help to find all of those things within myself um so like the love you know is you know learning self-love self-care you know knowing what my boundaries are pain you know it's true like the pain um i mean aside from like putting yourself in harm's way and getting hit in the face and stuff like you learn to see the signs so that it never gets to that point. Like there were so many red flags that I just blindly ignored that allowed me to be put in a path of injury that, uh, I would never do that today. Um, so, and then, and then the, and the respect, the respect I think ties into both the, the love and the pain, the respect is, you know, you have to find that within yourself and when you realize that you you're worth more and you deserve better that's what you that's those are the vibes that you put out there you will accept nothing less and you find that the good people that are in the world start to become attracted to you yeah um so and and it, and also you know what it did it cut out a lot of um noise um like overcoming the bad relationship because like it transferred to other parts of my life. Like my room got cleaner. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I was declared, yeah. I was like, I don't like this shirt. Right. Why do I have it hanging up in my closet? Taking trash. Space? Yeah. yeah. That's right. <laughs> Donation. Right. You, yeah. you know, like, or like this friend doesn't make me feel good every yeah. time I hang out with them. Why do I keep spending time and money hanging out with this person? Yeah. We're, we're going to demote that friendship. Um, exactly. You know, like I'm going to spend less time on social media during times of the day. Like it starts to become a holistic cleansing process uh, that that starts to envelop your entire life. Yeah. So. So, yeah. So I encourage anyone out there who's in a sticky situation, get yourself some good counseling. Yeah. and there is there are free counselors also if you're in a financial situation you can find free counselors usually at schools mm-hmm. even community colleges with with psychology programs they're always looking for patients for their students and oh also um i joined not there's not really you don't really join but i started attending uh uh recovery meetings so i went to aa meetings and i went to al-anon meetings so aa is for alcoholics anonymous i'm not an alcoholic but i would say that my addiction to um relationships was sort of similar to the you know the way that an addict is attracted to alcohol Mm -hmm. it kind of gave me the same buzz and the same types of feelings there is actually also a recovery meeting for specifically that it's called slaw sex and love addicts um so you can go to that and al-anon is sort of synonymous with codependence okay. uh, so al-anon really helped me with uh boundaries and a lot of other uh 
yeah, just things. And I still attend Al-Anon meetings to this day. So I think those meetings and that that support is mm. very, very helpful. So yeah. I encourage you guys to look up all of these resources and to find something that works for you. And it could be all of them because I've dabbled with a lot. And anyone who wants to give a veneer that like their life is perfect and that they're also doing it all by themselves is lying to you. Uh, most people are leaning on something, on some sort of rock to help get them through. Yeah. And there's no shame in that. There's no shame. There's in no absolute therapy. Nothing that. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're putting your, you know, we want the best version of you out in the world mm -hmm. because a bad version of you out in the world, that's how you get, you know, all these anger videos that end up on Reddit, you know, like all these fight compilations that yeah. show up. You, see, I mean, there, there's a lot of people in a lot of pain in the world. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's like get some help before you punch a flight attendant. Right. And we see exactly. it. We see it up on the news. Oh my gosh! Seriously, yeah, for sure. Speaking of Reddit, I have a. I do a speaking segment of Reddit. I okay. Do a segment, go ahead. I do a segment called Reddit and Weep, like read it and weep, but Reddit and Weep. <laughs> okay. Where I just basically pick a crazy story. Usually, it's am I the asshole or relationship advice. People asking for relationship advice, and I read it out loud, and then we basically just give our own unfiltered, I guess, comedic take on it. Um, so I pulled up one, very fitting. This one's called, I, 26 year old male, caught my husband, 33 male, on Grindr. And if you don't know what Grindr is, listeners, um, Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them how to spell it. Tell them, everyone oh, yeah. knows what it is, but you might as well. Yeah, G-R-I-N-D-R. -R. Yeah, that's, yep. yeah, that's it. So basically it says, I was home and my husband wanted to grab food somewhere and asked what I wanted. I asked for the menu and he gave me his phone while he went off to do something else. I found what I wanted and went to throw it in, in his notes app. One problem, his notes app opened up Grinder, a gay quote unquote dating app. It was signed out of and had no login info. I put his phone down and started panicking. He came back and I kept my calm, my cool. I thought I would talk to him later. Later, I asked him on a walk and we spoke about it. I told him what I found on his phone and that I wanted to wanted him to delete it and that I didn't want to know uh, I didn't want to know I didn't really want to know anything I guess he meant to say. He explained to me that he was using the app to make friends as he doesn't have a lot of friends near us. My husband is usually a pretty honest person so a part of me believes him but the steps he took to conceal it from me makes me doubtful. I asked if he could sign in so I can see the messages. Ugh. He said he deactivated the account and he act he deactivated the account and deactivated every day and starts from scratch the next day. Hmm. Um, I had a really hard time believing that, but I let it go. I asked him to please delete it. And if he wanted to have a joint account on a household device, he could, but I would like access to the device. He agreed at first. Then he said, you'd rather not have the app anymore. This may be a little suspicious. I was thinking maybe he didn't want people to recognize him if he's been hooking up behind my back. I asked him straight up if he had done anything. He said, no, he never met with anyone, just messaged people and flirted. While this was heart-wrenching, I decided then that it wasn't worth wrecking our marriage. So the next day, I saw a text on his phone from a friend he had made. He turned to me and said he had made one good friend on there 
and that they had met in person for coffee last week. This absolutely caught me off guard. He promised that nothing happened and asked if I would like to meet the guy to ease my nerves. I declined at first, but then changed my mind later. The whole situation has thrown me for a loop and I don't know what to do. We have been together for six years and married for one. I don't know. I don't want to throw it all away. I'm scared of what has happened and what could happen in the future. Will he do it again and just get better at hiding it? Are there any questions I should ask him in order to ease my mind? So that's it. That's the, that's the story. What do you think? Oh, I think they need couples counseling. Yeah. Yeah, because the person who wrote it is spinning out. Yeah, and if he's just the, gonna go crazy, yeah, it's just gonna eat at him, eat at his. his yeah, mind. I yeah. think, I think, I think this situation needs to be laid out in a licensed marriage counselor's office, and I believe that uh, if the husband who had Grinder on his account really loves his partner, he will agree to go. Um, if he, if he does not want to go, then I think the marriage is over because yeah. trust has already been broken. Right. Especially if it's a monogamous relationship. What do you, what are your thoughts on open relationships? It sounds like it's, it sounds like it's a monogamous relationship yeah. because yeah. the husband, because, or if anything, like it was implied to be monogamous because mm-hmm. dude's spinning out that yeah. is, husband is talking to people right so so you know uh i think that they're not on the same page here um like even if all of the things that the husband who was on the grinder is saying was true like he's only seeing he's only doing it to make friends he's only met made one friend and they met for coffee Mm -hmm. uh he deletes it every single day and starts a new yeah that's a little sketchy day even if it's all true um you know the fact his the writer husband is spinning out with all these facts um you know so the husband on grinder has a duty to take care of the marriage Mm mm-hmm He can't just be like, well, your feelings are your feelings. It's like, no, wait a minute. Right. Yeah. And if he, and if he doesn't, if he shows a lack of care, then like I said, I think the marriage is over. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a lot of like sketchy behavior. I don't know. Just my opinion. What are your thoughts? That's what it seems like to me. What are your thoughts on open relationships? Is it something that would work for you or no? Sure. Yeah, okay. I think open relationships are great. I just think everyone needs to be on the same page. Exactly. And that's where the communication definitely has to be at its strongest. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So so that way no one's feelings are hurt, mm-hmm. expectations are set and expectations are met and no boundaries are broken. Yeah. Definitely. So, there you go. Well, if you if this person is listening, couples counseling for sure. Couples counseling. counseling. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll maybe you'll pull a clip and attach it in the response to yeah the Reddit, the Reddit post. Let let yeah. them know. Be like, hey, we discussed this on the podcast. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. This is what we think. There you go. I might do that actually. Thank you. Yeah, marketing. <laughs> um. So, what do you have going on besides you know? Obviously, you have your comedy, your stand up. What what what's out? What else is in the works? Well, I mean, given the current strikes, nothing. There you um, go. Well, that's not true. I have I have commercial auditions, okay. but I heard yo, 
I feel like Oscar winners are trying to get commercial auditions these days. Yeah. That's what it seems like. Because everyone and their mom, you know, who's any anyone who's anyone, everyone who, and anyone is trying to just get a get job. A yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At least the commercial. That, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's all that's happening right now. That's right. all you're allowed to do. Oh, and I think you can do video games. Um, yeah. But yeah, the the work is very uh, scarce at the moment. Mm -hmm. But doing that, doing stand up. Um, I did an episode uh, a couple of months ago of Hacks that, okay. well, who knows when that'll, that'll come out, but I'm in the third season of Hacks. Okay. So excited Very about that. Very good. And that's okay. what I'm up to. Good. What are you up to, Evan? Your job and then getting this podcast. My day job. Exactly. There you go. This is your episode five. So yay. And it'll be out on Monday. So. <laughs> oh no kidding oh wow yeah so i release it weekly yeah yeah so i just there's very minimal editing when it comes to these things so i just you know and then i just upload it on, on youtube and the podcasting streaming services and so yeah and the rest awesome. is, is up, to, up, it's up to the audience if they receive it how, how they receive it so yeah absolutely um, and once you build a bank of these you, you know what will be cool it's it's sort of like it's it's i like discovering a new podcast and seeing that oh my god there's like 20 more episodes that yeah. i haven't listened to yet exactly. and then i just start going through all of the ones that i've missed exactly. so i'm really gonna cross my fingers for you and hope that that's what happens for you Thank and that you. takes off you're welcome you Thank you I deserve it, Evan. oh i appreciate it um and then the last question for you uh knowing everything that you know now in this stage of your of your life and your career if you can go back and talk to little Hank, what would you mm. tell him? Mm. How old little Hank? Eh, I don't know. Uh, I get to choose. Yes. Yes. It, okay. the, the, the Hank that was probably going through a lot that needed advice. <laughs> that, <laughs> Which is that Hank could be that Hank could have been last week. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. There's all there's always something there, you know, there's always. there's always something that you're working on improving, you know yes. what I mean? But, mm -hmm. um, if I was going to talk to little Hank, I probably would just, the message I probably would give him is you, you're worthy. Mm -hmm. You're worthy because I grew up hearing, I grew up feeling a lot like I wasn't right. Mm -hmm. Like I had these feelings uh that ended up being homosexual feelings right so it was like oh because of those you're not going to be worthy of a relationship of marriage you're not going to be worthy of getting jobs i heard right they uh, the christian right loves to scare kids in all these all these bad things will happen to you if you're gay right. you're going to get aids no wow. one's going to hire you yeah yeah, all these lies. And so uh, that was all ingrained in me before I even knew what sexuality was. Uh, I just knew that being gay was very bad. Mm -hmm. And so didn't know, didn't. So I had lots of feelings of unworthiness walking around in my body. And I wish I could go back in time and just release all of that. I think yeah. if I had built my confidence and my self-esteem from an earlier age, I think there would have been paths that I would have taken as a teenager and a young adult that would have made things a little easy, a little easier. Yeah. 
then again, who knows? Because I am right. the person that I am today because of the choices that I've made and the things that have happened to me. And exactly. I like who I am today. So yeah. maybe no regrets, but I wanted to answer your question and that's what I no, would tell them. I love it. I love it. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> well, thank you for doing this. It means a lot that you agreed to have me interview you again after five years. You are welcome. It's a pleasure. We can do it in another five. Or hopefully I'll be in a big enough project that we'll do it sooner than then. Yes, for sure. I would love that. Thank you. Yeah, I would love that too, Evan. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. All right. Thank you. Have a, have a good rest of your night. Good rest of your week. And talk soon. Okay. Bye, buddy. Bye.